Welcome to the Human and Technology Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who develops, distributes or uses technology. For all those who always have the feeling that technology overwhelms or dominates them. For everyone who wants to know how to deal with technology in everyday life. For anyone who wants to understand what technology does to us and how we can get our lives back. This podcast is for those who want to make technology sexy. All the product developers, designers, UX, UI professionals, product managers, CTOs and CEOs. And it is for you. My name is Dr. Peter Reska. My friends call me Dr. Peter. I am your host and I am happy that you are here. Artificial intelligence is one of the big buzzwords in technology today. We discuss it a lot. There's a lot of um, yeah, discussions ongoing on what it does. And for sure, it will change the relationship between humans and technology. The way we do our work, the way we live our lives, um, that will be changed by artificial intelligence. And up front, one remark. I don't like the term artificial intelligence because I believe intelligence is always natural. It is always connected to a living being, a human, an animal, maybe even a plant, but it is never connected with technology, never connected with a robot or with bits and bytes that we have. I, I prefer the terms machine learning or deep learning. Those are the ones that I think are far better to, to describe this technology. But since everyone in the uh, technology community, in the automotive community, and in the scientific community, everyone is using that term artificial intelligence. And so I decided to use it as well, knowing that probably this is an oxymoron. There are three things that are typical for human, for human intelligence, things that artificial intelligence is not having. And those three ones are empathy, intuition, and creativity. And I know that I'm walking on thin ice here, particularly with the creativity part. New technologies, new services like ChatGPT or um, DALL-E and all the others that are out there that um, create texts and create pictures and create poems and stories. Uh, one could think that um, this is creative work artificial intelligence is doing. I believe that uh, AI is only faking empathy, intuition, and creativity. But as I said, um, maybe in six months, maybe in three years from now, I will see this differently. At the moment, I'm, I'm still convinced that um, the three things, empathy, intuition, and creativity, differentiate human intelligence from and humans from machines and human intelligence from artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is always connected with, very often connected with fear. What's going to happen next? We are unsecure about what 
this technology is doing, how it would change our lives, our working lives, our our daily lives. This uh, is, is absolutely, yeah, understandable. And it is forced by the Hollywood blockbuster mu movie industry. They really love the idea that uh, there is an artificial intelligence and that runs out of control and takes over, that it is a threat for, for humans. Good stories, good storylines. I, I, I love to watch these movies and it's always a bit spooky if you, you, if you don't know how, is, is this person a human person or is this just an, just an intelligent robot? Um, yeah, and this ends up with the idea artificial intelligence will replace us. Uh, we as humans will not be required anymore to run this world. We create the machines and we will not get them back into, into the cage, into the box. Uh, they, they will stay out and they will change us drastically. I don't believe in this. Um, I don't believe in the singularity. I think that um, although we have more than, than enough contact already uh, today with, with artificial intelligence, if, if, you, if you go to the big bookshop on the internet or the big supermarket on the internet, if you go to, to search engines, it's all backed by artificial intelligence. There is some artificial intelligence in cars already, in speech assistance. It is in there and we interact with this um, almost on a, on a daily basis. And the, the idea, the vision that uh, very often is transferred uh, in, in these uh, Hollywood blockbuster movies is that machines will take over that they will control everything we do. And all we do is uh, we clean the floor and we mow the lawn. And the ironic thing here is that for exactly these two things, for, for cleaning the floor and mowing the lawn, um, we already have robots that do this. Anyway, um, I do not believe in the singularity. I believe that humans, that users, that we need to know when there is an artificial, artificial intelligence active, when there is an artificial intelligence on work. And this should be indicated with a, uh, with a clear pop-up window with a message that's given to you and saying, hey, this is artificial intelligence, this is not real. You are interacting with a computer right now, if you're, for example, in a chat room, and, and you're chatting there, and we need to indicate in this moment that there is uh, an artificial intelligence uh, at work, and this is not a human. And if we do that, we as, as uh, single humans, we as a society have the chance to think about it, to reflect on it, to build our own opinion, and first of all, to rate to judge the results that we get out of this. So if you go to ChatGPT or any other of these engines and you type in things, you may get total nonsense. And if you believe that this is a human answering you, you may take that serious. But if you know it's just a stupid machine that is uh, on its way on, on, on learning, then you have a different view on this and we'll, we'll see this a little more critical. So the, the one thing that, that I believe we need to do uh, is... Uh, indicating here is artificial intelligence at work. 
to get down to the core point of, of this podcast, to, to leave the introductional part here, I am a member of the Kali project, which is one of the very few projects I'm allowed to talk about because it's publicly funded by the German government. And so we're doing a lot of research work there on artificial intelligence in cars. The consortium has three big players, two big car makers, two uh, OEMs here out of Germany and one of the big, big suppliers that we have in the automotive industry. Plus many mid-size and small companies and businesses that are also involved in that. And I'm happy um, to be part of this project uh, through my design partner, Studio Corbos at Stuttgart. They hired me to support them in these aspects. And this project, this Carly project, and I'm, I'm very sorry for that because all documents, everything on this project, which is super interesting, will be in German only because it's a German-funded project and it's not a European project or not an international project. And... So we uh, have everything in German only, all, all the publications, the papers. I think even the website is in German only. You can search for Carly Project with a K-A-R-L-I Project uh, on the internet. Um, maybe they have already made an English site uh, on this one webpage, but uh, the, the project language is German. Anyway... We are researching there on three different major topics. I mean, the overarching idea is artificial intelligence in automotive interiors. And then we have uh, level conformity in behavior as one thing. So if you are driving on different levels of automation, you are allowed to do different things. If you are on level two, for example, according to SAE, if you're on level two, um, then you need to keep your hands close to the wheel and your eyes on the road and your brain in the driving process. And if you're on level three, you're allowed short term to do different things. And if you're on level five, I mean, fully, fully autonomous driving, then you can do basically whatever you want to do. The idea is, can we find um, artificial intelligence algorithms or can we use artificial intelligence combined with camera pictures to find out if somebody is behaving, behaving accordingly to the driving level he or she is driving it. The second big part is motion sickness. You may know this when you are sitting in a car and you're not driving, you're the passenger and you read a book or a newspaper or a magazine or you do something on your smartphone display, then you become motion sick. This is a pretty bad feeling and the idea here is can we use artificial intelligence to detect motion sickness and also to suggest personal measures against motion sickness. The, we know that motion sickness is highly individual. Some people get motion sick, uh, sick easily, others do never get it. Um, some get in, in certain situations only. And so we, we can learn a lot about the user and use this knowledge and apply this knowledge to reduce motion sickness. And the third part, and that is for me the major part, the big one where I'm involved in is artificial intelligence 
HMI, Human Machine Interface. How does artificial intelligence in vehicles change the interaction between humans and technologies, between users and cars, between drivers and rolling robots? How does all this change? And to come back to, to the introduction, the question came up in the project, how can we indicate artificial intelligence in cars? How can we communicate to the user that there is artificial intelligence at work, that, they, that, that it is doing something? Today, very often, only the result of artificial intelligence is shown on screens or in the behavior of, of, of the car. One example is the Waymo car. Waymo is a Google company um, or Google-related company. Um, they make fully autonomous cars and they drive around in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And you can call these cars well, with a smartphone. You can get in onto the rear seat. And then the car without a driver is taking you to your destination, fully autonomous. And what they do is they have a display there on the back side of the front seats so that you can see the car working. You can see what the car registers. Um, if there is another car coming from the left, then that is indicated. It is showing where well, what it's going to do next, what it's going to break or make a turn. and So you can see that. And all that is backed by artificial intelligence. Here, I mean, it's a good thing that, that, that Waymo shows you what this car is going to do to build up the trust, that you realize, all right, um, I have seen that car coming from the left, but, and the car has seen it as well. So there is no, yeah, no, probably no issue in that one, in that, in that situation. On the other hand, it is not shown that this is artificial intelligence at work. It just shows you the results of the, of the work. Another example is the um, automatic function, the automatic driving function at Tesla. Pretty much the same like in the Waymo. It shows you, hey, I have seen this, I have seen that. And uh, it builds up trust and, and gives you the uh, idea that, that the car is doing the right things. Or um, the Mercedes EQS with its uh, hyper screen, the super big screen of that uh, highly luxury uh, uh, electric uh, car. Which is not one screen, actually. It's uh, three screens with one big piece of glass on top. But it is very impressive. And that has on the main screen, which is usually the map screen, it has buttons popping up depending on your behavior and your personality, behaving on the context and the situation based on artificial intelligence, making you suggestions on what to do. For example, hey, here is the phone number of your wife. You usually call your wife at five in the afternoon when you're in the car, uh, it's five now, call you, maybe you want to call your wife. Or it is giving you um, uh, playlists, uh, destinations, whatever. They, they call it zero layer HMI because whatever you may expect, whatever you may need in a certain context, it pops up and you just press this one single button and then everything works fine. That is the idea. So, so those are things where we have artificial intelligence at work, but we do not indicate it. We do not show the user that there is a uh, uh, AI algorithm uh, uh, doing things. 
And the idea is, and I already said this, AI must be visible. It shall not be invisible, it shall be visible. And how can we get there? And I wrote a paper, and again, sorry for that, it is in German only, and so I will talk about this here so that you get a quick summary of, of the content. How can we display artificial intelligence in cars? And yeah, then um, I, uh, I started with making a systematic approach to this. And okay, what kind of different ways of displaying uh, a AI do we have in a car potentially? And I found six at the very end. One is not present. There is nothing, which is out of the focus of this project and of this report. Then we have abstract, basically meaning that there is a, I don't know, a little ball or a little bubble that changes colors and shapes and um, maybe even becomes a, um, a football style object. So, so it's an abstract object that, that changes while the artificial intelligence is working, doing things and communicating. Then we have abstract figuresque, meaning that it is still an abstract object, but it contains parts of a face or a body, parts of a human counterpart that you may have, and that you, um, yeah, that uh, uh, looks a little like 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 a human, and behaves a little like a human, and uh, has facial expressions and and, and whatever. Then we have figuresque only, basically a cartoon character. It can be a human, can be a man or a woman, maybe even an animal or a plant that is on your screen and that talks to you and uses all the human interaction ways of smiling and gestures and uh, walking around and then yeah, maybe you can even dress it up or select one of these avatars for your system, for your artificial intelligence to to to, to display that. Now we have realistic. Uh, realistic means photorealistic, that you have the feeling, all right, there is another human in the screen, in the system. It looks like a human, it behaves like a human, and it is interacting with me, and I'm interacting with this human being there. And... Uh, it's representing the artificial intelligence. And then um, the final one is integrated. This means that we use already existing elements, components of the HMI, buttons, sliders, background pictures, to represent the activity of the artificial intelligence. For example, with a glow or with uh, changing lights or sparkles around these buttons. And okay, this is the artificial intelligence at work supporting you. That was the, the basic work that I did um, creating this um, systematic uh, approach with these six categories, with basically remaining um, five because not present is not a category that is relevant for, for this research project. And then I made a first analysis in technology and automotive and found out it's, it's, it's very thin. There is not a lot. There is maybe this blue ring in speech assistance, like an Alexa. Um, they have very abstract, uh, usually blue things. Um, 
flickering, wandering around. That that is there. That is one thing. And then there is a couple of things that use uh, robots to to uh, symbolize the activity of artificial intelligence. Uh, Tesla, for example, is having a project in the pipeline where they're planning for that. And uh, the only automotive, real automotive solution I found was the Nomi of NIO. NIO is a Chinese electric car startup and they have um, a, an, an object, an artifact on the dashboard, which looks like an 80s alarm clock, a ball with a, with a display on front. And on this display um, is a face a very abstract, a very, very much reduced human face, just lines, white lines on the back, black background. And this one is, uh, if it's talking and it is uh, giving facial expressions, it's having open eyes and closed eyes and a happy mouth and, and, and a sad mouth. And there's also a hand coming up every now and then and with more gestures. And so that, that is it. That is what I found in, in technology. So my next step was, since, since uh, the representation of artificial intelligence and existing technological solutions was not so present, that I moved on to movies and art. Uh, that was far more fruitful to do this. And then all kinds of displays I talked about is present in one way or the other and in movies. For example, the, the abstract version uh, is the Hall 9000 from uh, Odyssey in Space. I think 2001 Odyssey in Space is the English title of the movie or the Whopper in, in War Games. So um, Hall is just a red lamp flickering. Um, this uh, artificial intelligence is communicating with uh, the humans, uh, first of all by voice, but supported them with this abstract flickering red light. And if you have this one only, um, you will not be able to understand uh, anything what, what this artificial intelligence, intelligence wants from you. Yeah, Whopper is pretty much the same um, movie war games um, where the Third World War, World War Three, is um, uh, almost breaking out. And that is having a display, black display with orange lights on it that are flickering and moving around. So those are very abstract examples of how our AI is shown in movies. Abstract figuresque. Interstellar has two characters called Tars and Ks. They are basically, yeah, they look like like a, like a computer, um, computer uh, device, uh, two meters high, one meter wide, uh, half a meter depth, and, uh, and and they can they have this this uh, cubic shape and. They can change their shapes uh, in, into running, walking elements. They can even walk on water. And uh, so they are a little more figuresque compared to, to the others. Vicky uh, from iRobot, pretty much the same. Uh, it's a uh, uh, group, point, group of light points in uh, the room and um, that form a 
face, the 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 the, the form, is the shape of of a human head, and that interacts. Then, and Gertie from Moon is pretty much uh, very similar. Figuresque examples are very often androids or um, yeah artifacts that have human uh, or humanized uh, features, but uh, are obviously visible as artificial. R2-D2, for example, or C-3PO from Star Wars are uh, two of them. Maria from Metropolis, the German movie Metropolis from the 1930s. Um, they are, yeah, look like uh, androids. They are androids. And uh, this is the way artificial intelligence is communicated there. Realistic, Ava from Ex Machina or Lieutenant Commander Data from Star Trek. Um, they are very realistic and this kind of uh, artificial intelligence is often used to confuse um, the viewers. To um, Very often you're not really sure, is this a human or is this a robot? Is this a natural intelligence or is this an artificial intelligence? And this makes a lot of um, the, the fascination these uh, movies have. And even for integrated uh, displays of artificial intelligence, there is an example. It's the movie AI. There you have uh, overlaid faces. Their faces overlaid on objects when artificial intelligence is active, particularly in a scene where our uh, extraterrestrial beings are there with uh, flat mirror-shaped faces, and they reflect human faces in that to show, all right, here's an artificial intelligence. And after the analysis, I discussed the results under the aspect, uh, what is useful in a car, what can we use in the Carly project. And uh, yeah, the abstract one um, has a couple of advantages. It's, uh, you can design it. It's uh, uh, very flexible. You can use your corporate colors in it. Um, you can give it a certain distinct behavior. Um, all that is possible. But on the other hand, it needs to be learned. So what does it mean if it shapes, uh, changes its shape from ball shape to football shape? What does it mean if it changes its color from red to green? What does it mean if it gets little spikes coming out? Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of misunderstanding possible on this, and, and you have to learn this. And it needs to be very well designed to, to, uh, to be successful, to be useful. Abstract figuresque also needs to be designed. Those are basically faces. Um, I have one example that we use as a... Yeah, as the proto example uh, in, in the project, which is looking like a human hat, but it has some uh, components, some elements looking like metal plates around his head, and they can move and they can uh, move away from the from the from the from the hat from the core, and uh, it can move on the head, and uh, it can also change its, its colors and. So it is somehow figuresque. It has some kind of uh, a human style in it, but it's still very abstract. And here again, a lot of design is, is required. Design work is required to make this good and beneficial. It needs to be learned as well. 
You can design this pretty easily and you can use more than one channel for the information transfer or more than one parameter. You can change the color, you can change um, yeah, the, uh, the, the additional components, it can change its, uh, its shape as well. So you get a lot of flexibility in that, but still you're having a lot of natural uh, elements. Uh, you have quite some natural aspects in this abstract figuresque uh, way of showing artificial intelligence. The sure figuresque there's a lot of possibilities you can make this as a human, as an animal, as a plant. Um, with all the advantages you have, this can behave like a human. Uh, it can get a red face if it gets angry. It can get big eyes if it's uh, shocked. It can smile if it is happy. So th there's a lot that you can do. The problem I'm having with this is it often looks pretty childish. Maybe that I'm one of these boring old guys and very conservative in this case. And I can see that in China, for example, the um, uh, it is very well accepted if things look a little childish, child style. But uh, if I imagine that, that uh, a little uh, kid telling you something appears on the dashboard of a Mercedes S-Class, that, that is hard to imagine. That, that For me, it's, it's hard to imagine. And so, yeah, you have to design this either, you have to design this uh, very, very carefully. If you do it very realistically, uh, the entire interaction, then you might get into the uncanny valley. The uncanny valley is um, a point where everything gets super spooky in a human machine interaction. If you are sure that you're talking to a machine, everything is good. And if you get a couple or more, humanized elements in the interaction you still feel absolutely fine and then there's a point when you are not really sure if, if your technology gets humanized more and more you get to a point where you're not really sure anymore is this human or is this a machine am i talking to bits and bytes or am i talking to a human intelligence and that is really spooky and that's called the uncanny valley you lose your trust um you lose your user experience. Um, this is not definitely not what you want. And if then on the other side you are absolutely sure you're talking to a human, that is again no problem. Um, you feel safe and you feel sure. So with realistic uh, display, you may touch uh, the uncanny valley. Um, you may, if you're really really good in doing that, uh, you may create the image that, that there's a real human behind this and. And people think, no, it's on a screen, but it's still looking like a real human. Uh, is it a human or not? Is, yeah. And, and so that, that uncertainty uh, needs to be avoided in, in the human machine in, uh, communication. An integrated uh, also must be learned, pretty much like an abstract. It needs to be designed uh, and can be misunderstood. On the paper, I'm discussing in detail all the advantages and disadvantages of the single ways of displaying uh, artificial intelligence, of visualizing uh, artificial intelligence. The result of that is that I personally prefer an abstract figuresque way of doing that. The guys and girls at uh, Studio Cobras, they prefer a more abstract way of showing that. 
And we decided to develop both, to design both, and then go out and test it in a user test to find out what is accepted by the users. All right, little summary. My idea is artificial intelligence needs to be displayed. It needs to be shown that it is there. It needs to become visible to keep us as humans and as a society on the safe side so that we are always aware, hey, this is a piece of technology acting and this is not a human acting and it is not intelligence in its, in its core definition. I discussed the variants abstract, abstract, figuresque, realistic, integrated, and all of them have advantages and disadvantages, and all of them need to, to be designed carefully in design and in behavior. And the good news at the end is the singularity is far away if it ever shows up. If you have the feeling that uh, you learned something in this podcast, it was entertaining for you. If you take away something, why not telling your peers, your friends, your colleagues about this podcast? And the more people listen to it, the higher I'm ranked on the respective platforms. And the even more people have the chance to get some of my thoughts, to some of my knowledge. And um, the more people I can trigger was the way I see the relationship between humans and technology. That's it for today. Thank you for spending time with me. I hope you were able to take something with you and do something for yourself that will be forever. For an ongoing exchange, you will find me on LinkedIn and on my websites, Peter minus rusker.com and beyond-hmi.de Write me an email on the podcast at beyond-hmi.de Tune in next time. Take care and stay healthy.